Awesome. Okay, so, wow. I'm not that as tall as Chris. And I've watched everybody else up here mess with this thing. And I know that I'm not, tu- I'm not touching this thing because it falls on the ground. <coughs> Anyways. All right, so uh, it's great to be together to worship. Uh, you know, a couple things that crossed my mind. We've got uh, Mike and Kristen, Ralph and Sue, and uh, Sam and, and James all out on vacation, right? And and I know that Mike's missing us because I talked to him this morning already. I said, Mike, you're on vacation. Just be on vacation. It'll all be good. And uh, so uh, that's, that's a good thing. Um, you know, today we are going to talk about being transformed. And I was nervous because when uh, I didn't share it with anybody uh, the title of the sermon, so when Helen got up and talked about being transformed, I went, "Uh oh, is she going to?" And she did a fantastic job. She and Carl did. You know, I couldn't have. You know, without the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit decided what people were going to say and did a much better job than I ever would have. You know, and and then when Ryan was sharing his communion, I'm like, "Dude, that is that's exact. That's awesome." You know, so it all really tied in. So. You know, if I do an awful job, um, then I can, everybody has built built a foundation, so we'll go away and encourage, right? And so uh, that's that. Uh, so we're going to talk about being transformed today, um, springtime, right? So in the in the interest of being transformed, I thought about Calvin and Hobbes. You know, uh, I don't know how familiar you are with Calvin and Hobbes, but uh, when I was a young parent. Uh, they were they were fun to read. And so here, if you can't read it, I'll read it to you. It says, you know, Hobbes says, you know, want to see my transmogrifier? I didn't know you had a transmogrifier. <laughs> I just got it. You just step into this chamber, set the appropriate dials, and it turns you into whatever you'd like to be. It's amazing. What you can do with corrugated cardboard boxes these days, isn't it? Isn't it? <clears throat> Amazing, huh? You know, wouldn't that be a great thing to own? <clears throat> Your own transmogrifiator. <clears throat> you know, you think about it. If you could change yourself, like if you could step into a box, set the dials to the appropriate settings, and you could change yourself into, into something today, what would it be? Interesting to think about, right? It'd be awesome, right? The last time I spoke, I think Devin shared about too, was that I talked about abundance. You know, one thing that we talked about in that talk, in that sermon was that, you know, add to your faith goodness. It wasn't about incremental. A lot of times we think about, I'm going to be a better person, so I'm just going to increment up, increment, add a little bit, get a little bit better, tune it up, grow here, get there. And what the scripture said, I think, is that God gives us faith in abundance. He gives us self-control in abundance, an overwhelming amount, way beyond what we are able to, you know, to comprehend. That if we want faith, we can have it through Jesus, way beyond what my little bit of my mustard seed of faith would be on my very own. So we know that God is able to give us way more than we think He's able to. You know, His transmogrifier is much better than Calvin's transmogrifier, whatever that is, right? <laughs> but, uh, you know, and you think about it, with that in mind, if you can make one radical, abundant, life-changing, I'll never be the same person again change, what would it be? What would be transformed 
in your life. Imagine, take a minute, just think about that for a second. What would be that person? How would you be different? How would you be transformed? How would you use your transmogrifier? Let's look at uh, in Romans. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I think Paul would say, if you're going to make one change, I think the change would be don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, making your body a living sacrifice. It's like, come on, that's more than one thing, right? uh, You know, isn't it easy to be conformed to the world? You know, to blend in, to follow its rules, to follow its goals. You know, I'm with Devin. I I want the shiny new thing, you know. You know, for me, uh, it's... Well, I don't know. It's motorcycles. It's a lot of things, right? There's there's shiny for each one of us. There's a shiny thing that we want. But even more so, there's a way of dealing with people that the world says is just a normal way to deal with people, whether that's, you know, being insensitive, being selfish, being greedy, being unrighteous, being lustful, whatever it is, you know, there's there is that problem. And, and it tends to want to bend us <clears throat> to do it the world's way, you know, and uh, I don't think it was different, any different in the first century. <clears throat> you know, when he was writing this, when Paul was writing the Romans, uh, I don't think that desire <clears throat> to want to fit in, you know, was any different for them than it is for us uh, 2,000 or so years later, <clears throat> you know. And I think we've got to acknowledge that the pattern of the world is is a deception, that it's a spiritual deception created by Satan because he's trying to lure us away from what God wants for us. See, God wants an eternal relationship with us. God wants us to be with him forever. God wants to take away the edge of death. God wants you to have eternal life. Satan only wins if you opt out. You ever seen that evil opt out? If you opt out of eternal life, if you decide, I'm just going to opt into the pattern of this world, then what you get for that is you get to be controlled by this world. You get to be controlled by the fear of death. You get to be controlled by the things that motivate in this world. You know, and even as we talk about sacrifice, how many of you sacrificed this week, like, like Jewish sacrifice style? You know, altar. <clears throat> calf, knife, whatever whatever went along with it. Uh, probably not a metaphor that really makes a lot of sense for us today, but it did then. It probably even made sense in, in the Roman time frame of the pagan worship, because pagan worship was somewhere. Altars, sacrifices, you know, giving up something. But, you know, I bet, I bet one thing's true, that you sacrificed something this week. You know, maybe if you have had, if you have little kids, although look, most of well, there's some little kids. You might have sacrificed a little sleep, you know, for those little children, right? You might have had to work late at work or get up early or do something for someone else. You you might have had a sick roommate. You knew what it was to sacrifice. It's pretty simple. It's giving up something that's mine, rightfully mine, for the benefit of somebody else. You sacrificed it for them. You know, and, and Paul said that we should consider our lives 
as living sacrifices. Wow. <clears throat> Wait a minute. <laughs> I just was giving this fatted calf. And you, you don't want the fatted calf's life. You want my life. I think I would rather give the fatted calf, you know, in that time frame than have to give up, you know, literally my own life. And he says even to consider that, you know, the challenge here is the way we do that is by not being conformed to the pattern of this world. Or quite literally from the language, it's just don't be conformed to the world. Don't look like the world. Don't be like that. Don't let it overwhelm you. You know, God has a spiritual will for your life. God's will is what happens when you follow his direction, right? It's pretty straightforward. Living his way, getting to use your free will to do it, what God has intended for you to do. So like God's will for your life is when you do it God's way, that's his will for your life. Pretty simple, right? But if you don't follow his guidance, if you don't do it his way, then what you get is you get your will. You get your will for your life. And so when you do that, this scripture here, what's it say? It says, um, you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. If you thought about it, if you do it God's way, if you allow him to transform you, if you allow your body to be a living sacrifice, uh, if you allow it to go through the renewing of your mind, then you get to test out to see if what God says really works. You get to find out, is his will, is it good? Is it pleasing? You know, is it perfect? You get to try it out. But if you don't do it his way, then you don't. Well, I guess in a sense, by by default, you do test it out that way. <clears throat> you know, and I thought about it. You know, if you're studying, looking at the Bible, thinking about following Jesus, that's what you get to figure out. <clears throat> is do I want to let go of the pattern of this world? Do I want to decide that I'm going to be renewed, <clears throat> that I'm going to be changed that I'm going to be transformed. You know, it's, um, you even get to think about how will I renew my mind? How will I be different from the pattern of this world? You know, it's an amazing thing as you think about putting that into practice. You know, I, I remember when I studied the Bible, I saw my life was way off, you know, like, you know, I, not even close to what God wanted to do. And I got to make a decision to renew my mind, uh, to be baptized, to let God transform my life. It was, it really was amazing, you know. <clears throat> but I thought about it, it's pure, you know, I said, have I ever had a pure thought? You know, I, before I was a Christian, n- no. <clears throat> I, you know, nobody was in my head saying, you have to have pure thoughts. I had unpure thoughts constantly, right? <clears throat> and so I was transformed from that to, that all my thoughts are, the go- you know, the standard, not the goal, the standard is pure thinking. <clears throat> and so when, if it's not aligned with that, I'm transforming and I'm changing it. I'm renewing my mind. You know, I looked out for my own interest. I made sure that I got what I needed. And now I'm going to consider other people more important than myself. That's pretty different. That's totally different, you know. And many other areas, you know, whether it was, you know, my list is probably longer than I'm proud of. But, you know, honesty, being honest, I have to be honest in every situation. Every single time I have to be honest. You know, anger, my big thing, you know, I can't be, I can't have fits of rage. I can't throw things. I can't hit things. I can't break things. <clears throat> Not that I was, that just, I just did that. This was normal. Greedy, <clears throat> being greedy, you know, wanting what other people had, wanting Devin's bicycle, right? <clears throat> can't do that anymore. 
I don't really want it because he rides it way harder than I could ever ride it. But, you know, drunkenness, you know, I, I thought that drinking was about drunkenness. That's why you drank, right? And so, you know, I had to decide I wasn't going to conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but I had to let God transform me, you know. And I thought about it. I didn't get baptized, you know, to be a better person, right? You know, am I a better person? No doubt. I asked Jeanette. She was there. She knew me pre and post. Uh, you know, it's I'm a little bit past the terrible twos, Ryan. You know, <coughs> terrible two or three decades. But uh, <coughs> same challenge. It is the same challenge <coughs> to really decide: Am I going to want to be transformed? Uh, so it do- doesn't get any better. Sorry, man. <coughs> well, maybe it does. Hopefully, it will. But <coughs> um, you know, and I think about: it, Have I taken on the pattern of this world? Well, I think, yeah, too much, you know. You know, if I see any of it, it's too much, right? You know, and even as a disciple for a couple of decades, I'm still working on renewing, renewing my soul, renewing my mind, refocusing on how, how can I change, you know, how can I let God transform me? You know, I've been, I've been doing some reading the last couple of weeks on a couple of different areas. One on the spiritual realm, just realizing that, that this, that there's a much bigger spiritual battle than, than I think about sometimes. Another area just on my own heart about how I view other people. And, um, you know, it's, to me, it's convicting and trying to figure out, well, how would I do with that? How do I continue to change? How do I be different? You know, um, I certainly haven't arrived, even though I'm a better person than I was when I was baptized. Um, where are you today? You know, what's the one change that God wants from you? You know, what's the change uh, that he's demanding so that you'll get a chance to approve his good, pleasing, you know, and perfect will so that you'll no longer conform to the pattern of this of this world? You know, I got to make take, to do a reassessment when I moved to Vermont a couple of years ago. You know, what, what am I all about? What is it that I want? You know, why well, I, I want to be close to God. I want to be able to help other people be close to God, whether they're outside of his kingdom, inside of his kingdom, you know. I want to continue to be transformed, to continue to be changed. You know, and it's, I honestly, it's been harder than I thought it would be, you know, which I guess is good. I have more to change than I, than I knew, you know. And it came down to me that, that being transformed is not about having a different opinion. You know, it's about being a changed person. <clears throat> you know, that, that, that changed person part is a lot harder than changed mind thing. <clears throat> you know, and, and renewing, it's renovation. Been to the Slater's house. It's different now than it was a few months ago. <clears throat> a year ago, however long it's been. <clears throat> um, this is not about putting different flowers in a vase. This is this is knocking down walls in your life. This is extreme makeover that we're all about. So today, let's talk about transformation, okay? So um, this point number one, the world doesn't get us. What is God transforming us into? So how great is the love of the Father that the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, just as he is pure. The world, it doesn't understand Jesus. It doesn't understand God. 
God and Jesus, they, they just don't make sense to the world. You know, you're, if you clothe yourself with Christ, you're a child of God. To me, that's just stunning. I am a child of God. Let's again, you're a child of God. You know, my kids, you know, Andy, Katie, Stephanie, those are my children, if you didn't know. I know they are. I've seen their birth certificates. I've watched them come into this world for the most part. I've watched them continue to grow. That's another story. I missed one of the births, but that's a different sermon. And I don't look good in it, right? But, uh, but you know, when each one of them was born, it was an awesome event. You know, I had no clue. We had no clue how different they were going to be or what they were going to become. You know, you may want your child to be a football player, but it may not go that way, right? You may want one thing or another, but there was a special plan for what they would become. They were my kids, but their future was unknown. It's the same way with us and God. It says, what does it say? What we will be has not yet been made known. We don't quite know what we're getting transformed into, but we have one thing that's really sure. We will be like him. <clears throat> you will be like God. <clears throat> God is making for you a people who are his very, making you a people for himself that are his, his, like his very own. I'll get it out eventually. <clears throat> He's transforming us to be like him. Amen. We've never seen him. <clears throat> we, we have faith that he exists. We, we've heard his very words from Jesus, <clears throat> but he's continued to transform our characters, our souls, <clears throat> our spirit into what he wants us to be if Big if, if we allow ourselves to be transformed, we'll end up like, just like God. That's, that's the plan for you to be like God. I, it, uh, it may feel painful. What's the scripture say? No discipline seems pleasant at the time, rather painful, but it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained by it. <clears throat> well, my version says, those good things only happen if you've been trained. <clears throat> so two people can go through the same challenge. One, doesn't renew their mind, doesn't get changed, doesn't get where God wants them to be. God's doing all this for us so that we can change our minds, change our hearts. We can be that radical person, right? Radically different. And why, why again, why is God doing this? Well, if you remember in Exodus, you know, Moses came down from Mount Sinai with two tablets of the testimony in his hands. He was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. You know, in the Old Testament, Moses is the man, right? You know, they they uh, they talked about this. You know, even in John, you know, they said we're we're sons of Abraham. You know, and Jesus said, "Well, I can make sons of Abraham from rocks, right?" You know, that's not really what it's all about. And the Hebrew writer tells us, "Yeah, no, Jesus is better than angels. He's better than Moses. You know, Moses was in the house. It's Jesus's house. You know." Um, you know, Moses was radiant uh, so so much that the people made him put a veil on. He wore a veil so that his radiance wouldn't blind the people when he's just hanging out with them. When he went to get with God, he took the veil off and, and you know, that was fine, you know. And, and so God spoke directly to Moses. He didn't speak with the people, but he speaks with us. You know, he speaks with us through a mediator. And here, here Paul's talking about, he says, and you lose, that's why I threw that in. It says, therefore, since we have such a hope, we're very bold. 
We're not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing at it while the radiance was fading away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the Old Covenant is read. It has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we, with unveiled faces, all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. We have a great ministry. We have a glorious ministry because Jesus, because God has decided that the veil gets taken away. We get to participate in the radiance of God, you know, with each other. You know, what is the Spirit doing in your life to transform you to reflect the Lord's glory? Reflecting the Lord's glory, big job, right? You are it. You are the Lord's glory. You're God's glory on this earth. That's the reason he's changing you, so that you can show him off. You know, it's like I show pictures of my kids. You know, uh, hopefully someday they'll show pictures of me. I don't know. How does that work? (laughs) Maybe not. But, uh, you know, how is, how does it work? How is the, how is God transforming me? How is he speaking? How is his spirit speaking through me? You know, is he, is he speaking through the word of God? You know, am I reading the word of God? Is it, is it actually having an impact on my life? You know, is it, maybe it's through prayer and fasting. You know, I'm praying, I'm fasting. God's really moving my heart. He's changing my mind. He's changing the person that I am. You know, we'll we'll talk a little bit more in a minute. Maybe it's through just the encouragement of disciples. God's speaking to me by people talking to me and saying, Hey, Peter, you know, God wants you to be like this. Maybe it's, I'll steal a a term called a holy hunch. So holy hunch is a term that I first heard from a brother, Tracy Lahr. And he just said, you know, sometimes the Holy Spirit just grabs you and gives you a holy hunch. You know, you go, well, that that can't be. Well, James, James says, anyone who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. So I I think that's a holy hunch. Sometimes God just says, here's the good you ought to do. And you go, hmm, okay, maybe I should do that. You know, do I listen when I get those holy hunches that say, hey, go do this, be that, do whatever, you know. Is that God, that's God's spirit at times talking to us trying to convict us to get our hearts on the right track. You know, God wants me, wants us to reflect his glory in this world. How will you, how will I be like him today? How will I be like him? How will I reflect God's glory? What will I let come through? What What will I do differently? Because by myself, my normal mode is to be conformed to this world. My normal mode is to drive just like everybody else does, be a worker just like everybody else does, be a student just like everybody else does. But you'll you'll get the opportunity in every interaction to be different because everybody else is being the same way. And you can be different. You can be a different person. You know, and, and even you can learn from other people. You know, here in Philippians, Paul writes, he says, join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. For as I have often told you before, and now say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. 
Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. That's pretty awesome. I just quit there. I'm done. <clears throat> so, so you have this pattern. You know, you know, Paul says in Corinthians, he says, you know, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. <clears throat> Here he says, you know, you know, just follow, you know, join with other people. Take note of the way that, of the pattern that you're seeing that we gave you on how to follow, how to follow Christ. You know, <clears throat> observe, Hebrew says, observe the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. You know, we have the opportunity to follow godly patterns that we see in other brothers and sisters. You know, for every time you're tempted to be conformed to this world, you have the opportunity to look at another disciple who has shown you a way out. You know, shown you a way that you can overcome, a way that you can avoid that sin or temptation. <laughs> they can inspire you, encourage you. And I honestly believe that you're going to get to do that for them. Uh, as you break through and, and, and make that challenge, you know, you know, you know, what can we do? What should we do? What are we instructed to do? Maybe even commanded to do about following that pattern? You know, what is that that we're expected here to do? You know, because as we said earlier, there's a lot of people out there that are enemies of the cross. You know, their destiny is their destruction. God is their stomach. Their glory is their shame. Their minds are on earthly things. How long do you think it would take for you to find someone out in the lobby whose mind is on earthly things? Yeah, quick. You'd find a guy like me. Every thought for evil, every thought lustful, every thought selfish. You know, there's lots of people out there, you know, and 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 when I'm not following Jesus, that's where I can go back to, you know. That's awful. But, you know, our our citizenship is different. You know, my citizenship... Wait, wait. Whose son am I? I'm a child of God. I know who my dad is. Just like my kids know who their dad is, who their mom is. I know who my father is. You know, push comes to shove. When things get rough, I'm pulling out. I'm a child of God. That's who I am. I'm waiting for Jesus to come rescue me from this place. You know, he's going to transform my lowly body into a, his glorious body. <clears throat> you know, I know who I belong to. I'm excited about that. It's, it's awesome, you know. And <clears throat> he gives me some other neat things to think about. He says, his divine power has given us everything. He's given us everything. Everything <clears throat> we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us <clears throat> by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in his divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So you have everything you need. You have great promises from Jesus, from God, that you are going to get to participate in the divine nature. You're not only are you, you have, you might have one foot still on earth. You got one foot in heaven. You got one foot in the spiritual kingdom. You know, this is an odd place to be. You know, we're half in, we're half out. But, you know, when it starts to tear apart, trust me, I'm not going to stay on this side. I'm going to God's side. You know, <clears throat> you know, it's like, yeah, I think I'm staying on the boat. You know, I'm not staying on the dock. 
in, in that one because I'm going to get a chance to overcome the corruption in the world. <clears throat> Again, just keep your eyes out for the corruption. Just turn on the TV if you've got a TV still. <clears throat> you know, look at your social media feed. There's lots of corruption out there. <clears throat> you know, and God says, I'm always with you. You know, in me you have eternal life. You can do immeasurably more than, than you ask or imagine. Uh, you can change. You can be different. You can take hold of those great promises. So let's, let's bring Calvin back. You know, with his transmogrifier. It's awful, I'm going to change that. If you can make one radical, abundant, life-changing, I'll never be the same person again, change, what would it be? Amen.